Hi there. I'm Elodie. She, her. Mama. I'm John. He, him. Baba. And this is the baby, Juniper. Me, me, me. They, them. Baby. We're doing our best at respectful and gender open parenting. Follow along each week as this fabulous kiddo gets a little bit bigger and we all hopefully get a little wiser. <laughs> as of this episode, they are 18 months old. Okay, let's get to the show. Baby. So it seems like a privileged parenting style that doesn't actually work in most people's daily grind. It was kind of pandemic-y. Oh, it was a little more <laughs> pandemic-y. I have no time Yeah. for people who have time. She's a cult leader. We're too soft on kids now. I know, now totally, we're, no. we're breeding weaklings totally. and yeah. effeminate males. afternoon nap mm -hmm. is different even than like the nighttime so different time, yeah where i don't know i think i wanted to like prove to myself in that moment that i could put them to sleep for their afternoon nap still yeah <laughs> in some ways i kind of sensed and that I kinda, and i was well, like yeah i also wanted to it. like be efficient with our time uh -huh. and so like if i could free you up you know you were you had a cooking project you were in the middle of and we kind of interrupted that to go take the car to the mechanic and uh-huh i don't know i just wanted to go and free up your boob and free up your body and go put them to sleep mm -hmm. and it worked really well <laughs> <laughs> until it came out uh, that you were like oh, i only feel bad because i told bug that i would go put them to sleep once we got home because they were feeling kind of grumpy in the car and i was like ah oh, betrayal you didn't know but they were like mama I yeah. thought Mama was going to do this. Now, to be fair. Yeah. They were going to say Mama, and Mama does this freaking every time, because that's... Mm -hmm. You do usually nurse them down for These their days. afternoon nap. Yeah, it's that's been that how way that for goes. at least the last month or so. There's like... been a lot of times that I didn't nurse them down that go uncredited, but yeah, I've kind of given up on that. I have heard tell that they do get put down to a nap without being nursed down sometimes. <laughs> One day. I'll see it. In your dreams. No, In, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I've seen you do that. Yeah, so Dr. Becky's book is out. We're poor. LOL, 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 LOL. <laughs> We're so poor. I know. <laughs> well, the millennials, Dr. Spock. <sighs> it's so funny. Does she deserve it? Yes. Yeah? She's a cult leader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so when you say uh, I was following her when she was just at home. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. But yeah, definitely the good inside cult. There nice are worse job. cults. Nice yeah. Job catching the trend. Oh well, you put enough lines out there, you get little nibbles from the various fish, and then you're like, "Whoa, that one's a big fish." So you would would you say? I think you've said this before. I'm trying to remember if I'm got this right. That Janet Lansbury is a better resource for like young children, like infant. To toddler. Well, technically, the right parenting approach is meant to be the same approach 
consistent that you use for all ages. And that Becky focuses more on like a little bit past that. Yeah, I think actually her profession is in family systems and work with teens. I don't quote me on that, but but young children is like and Janet like Lansbury between, works with zero to two. Like between five and fifteen is more like Doctor Becky's like wheelhouse. It's so funny because I was so excited because obviously I was following Dr. Becky and I was getting all her information and then I had baby and I really wanted her to talk about good inside from the start. You know, how do you, what does this look like applied to a baby? And she finally made her, and that was what the episode was called, is good inside from the start or maybe it was a workshop, I don't remember. And it was all about self-care for the mom and maintaining your sense of identity even though you've transitioned into having a kid and like yeah, her so it's approach like for the mom. Her approach is very much seeing the family system as a whole and a lot of it focuses on reparenting yourself and addressing like what is it that your child's behavior brings up in you as a person and how is that interfering with like how you're responding to your kid. And I mean, I think she's great. I think she's again, maligned with the whole gentle parenting thing that so many people have such a strong reaction to. You think Dr. Becky and Janet Lansbury are both catching shade? Oh yeah, they are, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) What does the shade look like? Like, I can't fathom what, what, so what is a, what's a criticism? Do you know? That it's impractical and that it puts um, a unreasonable expectation on parents and that there's so much parenting guilt out there already and so it's something to the effect of like oh so now i have to ask for consent to pick up my kid yeah you know that kind of shit well and it's just like how can i live my life and and do what you're saying and you're saying i'm a bad parent if i don't do that and it's just like whoa 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 whoa. come on (laughs) nobody is gentle parenting at you right what's coming up in you right now that's making you feel so triggered anyway it's it's fine that's a whole conversation someday and i have episodes interesting yeah do you think most of the people who are criticizing are already a good chunk into parenting and so therefore feeling defensive maybe maybe they have habits already we kind of got into janet lansbury when kiddo was like still within a few months old yeah And Dr. Becky before that, for sure. We, in some ways, steered clear of the influencer side that a lot of gentle parenting gets its bad rep from. It's that you have these Instagram moms who have beautiful looking lives and are trying to preach gentle parenting. People just feel like you're ignoring the hardship that is parenting. So it seems like a privileged parenting style that doesn't actually work in most people's daily grind. I have a good podcast episode of a podcaster that I really respect and they're just dissing on gentle parenting. And Dr. Becky and Janet Lansbury come up specifically. And I that's can... really interesting. You say gentle parenting, too, and that's, like, new to me. Where yeah. I've, I've heard it as respectful parenting. You're like, what is gentle parenting? And Janet Lansbury would be the first to say that, too. She's like, first of all, I don't know what this gentle parenting thing is that you're talking about. I've never described this style that way. And I don't know why everyone needs to call me out specifically and say that I am being impractical. (laughs) 
Anyway. That doesn't even count all the types of parents who would be like, we're too soft on kids now. I know, now totally, we're, no. we're breeding weaklings totally. and yeah. effeminate males. I think you're right, though. <laughs> you're right that it might be kind of like the Gen Xers and older who are I like, I can't take this millennial gentle parenting stuff. Um, Complainers are vocal. But typically it's because they haven't really listened to it. Like, it's really funny that she'll be like, they make you feel really bad if you're putting a kid in timeout. And we don't call them timeouts in our house. We call them cool downs and it works really well for us. And like, actually what you're advocating for is what Dr. Becky prescribes. Go to a smaller, quiet space so that the kid feels some sense of containment and stay with them until they cool down. But don't, like, give them a timeout from life and existence and... It's definitely misunderstood. Okay, the other thing that I think gets in in people's heads are the scripts. And Dr. Becky does this more than Janet Lansbury. Janet Lansbury Mm -hmm. is really about, like... No, you have to, like, find your own genuine way of seeing your kid's perspective and responding to it. And Dr. Becky kind of is a little bit more script heavy. Like, like, let me give you some examples of what this could sound like uh-huh. with your kid. It's been a long time since I've actually listened to Dr. Becky. I think the scripts bothered you, too. <laughs> you it know. Felt ingenuine. Maybe a little bit. Uh-huh. Not, not that she was being ingenuine. Just but that you repeating the script would be patronizing the w- to the kid. The way I'm hearing, yeah. the way I'm hearing her talk uh-huh. when she is play acting talking to the kid i'm yeah less into it than when Uh janet lansbury is giving me examples of talking to a toddler that's fair i feel similarly but actually i do really appreciate what dr becky is bringing to the table and the reach that she's got right now is pretty impressive yeah i've got no nothing bad really to say about dr becky except like good freaking job winning this capitalist Parenting advice game. No, yeah. well, it's it's a little bit of a backhanded compliment for me. <laughs> good job it's of like, being good at capitalism. Because oh wow. if you're good at capitalism, then mm, I'm a little bit worried about <laughs> your psychopathy <laughs> level. Like, <laughs> uh, no, she. Well, th- okay. So that article I read about her was a little bit. I don't know. There are little tiny nitpicky things I could pick at about. Oh wait, why are we learning the. F- fat Faget yogurt that you eat for breakfast every day. Like, why are we, why is this what your interview is about? And that's more about the media and what they decide to focus on. And day in the life of Dr. Becky, that very much something that, like, maintenance phase would pick apart is the, like, let's learn what she eats. So what about Dr. Becky? What are we talking about? Oh, that's all. Just that her book came out. And she has, like, a live-in babysitter or whatever. Screw Dr. Becky. Okay. (laughs) I love you, Dr. Becky. Don't come mad at me. (laughs) (laughs) I have no time. But, no, she's one of the resources that did really inform us as we took on the Ultimate DIY Project. So I am grateful for the resources. I do not have the money to be part of her, like, little insular paid social media um, nonsense. But... Whatever. She's she's cool. Does she actually have... Here's the funny thing. Mm-hmm. I think that she's made all her valuable information available and mm-hmm. that maybe this book has something insightful for people. No, it's more the $300 a year subscribe so that you can talk to other parents on the Good Inside platform that is like more like, oh, okay, I don't have 
I don't have that. Maybe. This maybe, is a little steep. Yeah. It's it's great for some people. Other people, Janet Lansbury's got a free Facebook page that you can go send her a question. And you're going to get good feedback from that community as well and not have to pay for it. So shout out to that. Also wonderful resource. Thank you. Have me on your show. I love you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so that genius of a little baby. I know that all babies are like pattern recognition little robots in a way that like we can't write AI that smart and they're just learning everything but they still always amaze me. So I'm impressed every day. They saw this kid's little flippers on the bottom of the pool mm-hmm. and they were like shoes shoes and started signing mm-hmm. shoes. Yeah. And it's like how would you make that leap? It is the abstract stuff that mm-hmm. surprises you. Like I get how you see this cartoon person and you get that that's a person. But when it's like a corner of a hat and a shoulder, I know that that is a shoulder and a mm-hmm. quarter of a hat. But like kiddo just like recognizes dogs and birds and people in like really small little mm-hmm. fractions of images. I'm just like wow. It's like I'm oh, impressed you knew that was a person. Like, like yeah. the e captcha stuff, you yeah, could basically exactly. pass all of those with right a, now with an 18 month old. I like. know. <laughs> well, and then they'll, they'll hear a siren going down the street, yeah. and they'll be like, "Hmm, what is that? Bird? Is that a bird? You know?" Really I thought that bird? was clever to hear the and like the closest thing they could think of was like, yeah, maybe it's a bird. They hear a lot of sounds outside and they, it falls either into the bird or dog category they or do, papa. They do love <laughs> watching somebody do a job, like a physical job mm-hmm. that has tactile stuff in the world. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like take them to a mechanics shop. We just did that. Yeah. Take them we to. back actually. Really anything. We they should... get to hear the little whoop, 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 you know, <laughs> and watch all these guys walking around and cars up in the air. and yeah. We should go sit at a sushi bar with them sometimes so that they can watch people, like, prepare food. You know, they sign cooking a lot now. We did take them to a sushi place that one time well, in yeah. San Diego, but it was outside and they didn't get to watch the preparation because mm-hmm. it was still kind of... Really, I mean, anywhere. it is still pandemic-y, but, like, you know, it was, like, yeah. more pandemic-y then. Yeah, the other fun thing. What a, what a world where we end up saying things like, it was kind of pandemic-y. Oh, it was a little more <laughs> pandemic-y. Well, I mean, it's, like, the same amount of pandemic-y now, but people, like, care less about it. How casually we say stuff like, oh, in the before times. <laughs> <laughs> before the cataclysm. Before the... Yeah. We were saying before the cataclysm, before the Oh, that COVID was 2016. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The well, universe splits and we go down a different route. Yeah. Who knows what world we'll be in tomorrow. Ah, we good. Oh, no, but the other fun thing that I was really excited about this week was, um, well, J-Bug got their first, like, bowl of cereal. That was, like, their little... I thought that was so cute. ...baby bowl. And they yeah. had their little baby spoon and they had their little organic PB blasters in it and they were eating their cold cereal which they've had bites of your cereal they do love to sign cereal and they're sitting at the table and they're eating their cereal and they have their first little bowl of cereal made me so happy i got to drink the milk from the bowl yeah i explained to them okay usually i have you keep your plate on the table but bowls are a little different and if you'd like you can like lift the bowl up and you can drink some of your milk from the bowl Mm -hmm. and they got that right away and yeah. you know 
wish they've held my mug before of cereal and I've and, let them yeah, drink milk out of drink it. Drink milk so from they it. had context. But yeah, uh-huh. when they're at the table having a meal, uh-huh. uh, and you know, you have these guidelines that we try to hold to, like, yeah. okay, keep your plate on the table and we want you to eat at your place, you know, yep. eat at the table. If we you're want... going to get up, then we're going to be done. And... Yep, the food stays on your plate or it goes in in your mouth. You don't mm-hmm. throw it on the floor. That mm-hmm. means you're all done eating. But other than that, it's the division of responsibility, which is that we decide the boundaries around the rules of eating, when eating, what is being served, and then they get to decide what they eat ultimately, which mm-hmm. this is the tie-in to, like, the really exciting part for me was, you know, they finished their little tiny bowl of cereal, and then they signed that they wanted more, so I pulled them another little bowl of cereal, and they ate, you know, half of it, and then they signed that they were all done, and they jumped up from the table, and they left, and I don't know that I had this moment where I'm looking inside this bowl of cereal with seven little PB Blaster puffs left, and a little bit of milk in the bottom, and just knowing that me as a child and to this day I would just feel obligated to finish that to eat all of it and some of that comes from like the scarcity mentality of food like cereal being restricted in my youth some of that comes from like this not wasting what seven pieces of cereal you know my sister's Nate Nate D uh-huh. so his family was like that. I gathered uh-huh. from whatever. I can't remember talking to my sister, but like they called it the Clean Plate Club. Yeah. And we need everybody to be a member of the Clean Plate Club, and it was like a big deal for them to like. And they had a big family, mm-hmm. and I'm sure had were probably a little bit tighter when they were younger. Anyway, I just thought it's it's it, really it common. is a learned thing. Yeah. It is something that you are taught to take seriously. But it is detaching you from your own appetite and your satiety cues. Yeah. And it's not what I want to teach our kid. I want to teach our kid that you get to decide what goes in your body. Eat until you feel like your body doesn't feel the need to eat more. Yeah. And that's like a really important aspect of consent too. You get to decide what you want to put in your body. Mm. I don't know. It's, It's just this really subtle foundational piece to them having a really healthy relationship with food not that I like the word healthy but them having a really natural self-driven relationship with food that I was kind of I I've been trying to unpack my complicated food relationship my whole life I hear a lot of other people are in the same boat then just seeing this cycle getting broken no offense you know other people other families have different um, ways of doing things, obviously, but this one it's I'm just, just a, excited about. So. It's just an it's an example, and there's a lot of different examples that we could talk about where there is an assumption that this is the way we do things, mm-hmm. and this is you know, and you were raised a certain way, and so was I, and everybody else is, mm-hmm. and the more of those little individual examples that we uh, interrogate a little bit, and yeah. we look at it and try to like. Think about it. Like <laughs> it's it's been really illuminating. And seek out other people's stories around food and control and the emotional and physical relationship with eating. Okay, so it's been this it's been this whole thing to learn about how you give power to a behavior if you react to it the wrong way. Here's a good example. A kiddo like decides that they want to bang their head against something. Mm-hmm. 
it's like a classic one that's been talked about before, but yeah. Dr. I, Becky will tell you all about I have, it. I have <laughs> options. I have options. Even earlier when I was holding them to go to sleep, they had a minute where they kind of hit their head against my chest. Uh-huh. And I didn't react to it at all, <laughs> which was just right. I was feeling pretty happy about that. But I could tell that they were kind of upset to themselves about how that head went. And they were kind of like feeling their face a little bit, like maybe yeah. it hurt. Maybe mm-hmm. probably did a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Uh-huh. And it also didn't get any reaction from me. And reaction for me was the goal. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work. And it didn't work. And so I don't need to worry about them hitting their head against my chest. There's a I'm natural older. disincentive <laughs> exactly. for them to not continue that behavior, especially if it doesn't achieve the results they were and, looking for. And with food, yeah. I, I feel like the more we try to like hold on too tight and control them, if you try to put too many rules in their life and mm-hmm. you try to like micromanage too much of it, inevitably you just give yourself problems later. You give them uh, front lines for power struggles to occur on. You know what I mean? If you're drawing all of these these right. war fronts. And I know that there's uh you're talking about consent and body autonomy uh-huh. and then like there's other things tied up with in food where you know there's eating disorders on one end of the spectrum or there is just multiple ways that a relationship with food could be problematic yeah you I know agree. and it's also just like a workload thing don't give yourself battles that you don't need to fight. <laughs> Definitely. And so yeah. there's like all these benefits, but then it's also just like one less battle that I need to try and like be ready to fight every day on, okay, oh, oh, you're leaving the table, but you haven't finished your food. Oh, you have to finish all your food. If you don't finish all your food, then there's going to be these repercussions. Uh-huh. And like, no, 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 no. Take one more bite. Take as many bites as you are old. We're are gonna... you full? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And if you're getting... You're the only one who can know. And if you're not full... And you're a little hungry, and you need to take a nap and, or go to sleep now, and you you didn't eat enough. That's like, self-correcting. Totally. That's self-correcting. Yeah. You're going to eat more later. <laughs> the banging your head I don't, actually is a really good it's funny analogy that, to draw It's funny on. that people are calling it gentle, because it doesn't seem gentle to me. It feels, like, brutal in a way, because <laughs> I'm, like, letting you make your mistakes, and I'm letting you correct yourself. There are uncomfortable... It's like, teach a man to fish. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Which is why a lot of people like to make a distinction between, oh, gentle parenting is not permissive respect by any is what means. it's all about. It totally is. Res- I, I agree. And respect does not mean gentle. Uh-huh. Respect is like, I respect that you can make your are own a human, here. can experience some hard things, and that you can learn to deal with that. And not mm-hmm. only that, you must. Yeah. Because that's the only way through this whole shindig. I did want to correct myself earlier. It was Janet Lansbury who does have the particularly good episode on what to do if you've got a headbanger. Because Janet Lansbury <laughs> is the winner. <laughs> she did yeah, it. Yeah, she's pretty good. And I feel like she's learning some new things. Some of the people she's had on lately to talk about consent or to talk about... I mean, she's had someone on recently who is a dietitian who like dipping their toes in some anti-diet stuff. Anyway, I just feel like she's finding the right people to also expand her thinking on things, you know? Yeah. And that she's like, oh yeah, we didn't call it 
consent when I was learning with Magda Gerber, but it is, you know, we called it respect, but it is the same. It is asking the child if they're ready to have their diaper changed and teaching them that, oh, you really don't want to do this. I'm going to let you have those emotions around it. Teaching them about body autonomy before it's a big deal. Right now, it doesn't matter that much because they don't actually, you know, like if I need to change their diaper, I need to change their diaper. Mm -hmm. And that's going to happen. Don't worry. Uh (laughs) That's fine. Inform them about it so that they feel more control in their life. They understand what we're saying. I can give them this explanation of what's happening and understanding why something is happening and why it needs to happen Mm -hmm. goes a long way. And again, when you start to think of them as full people, Mm -hmm. think about any of us. Even if it's like an authority figure who you have to listen to, Mm -hmm. if you get a little bit of a why, it's so different. You're going to stay an hour late today as opposed to, hey, buddy, because of this... I really need you to work an hour extra today. Really sorry about that. It's mm-hmm. like a completely different relationship with a boss. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You know? And we talk a lot about like the social capital that you need to maintain with a person to ask things of them, you know? And yeah. like there is there are certain conditions that can make a child more or less willing to be compliant to whatever it is you're telling them to do. Okay, so think about like consent. For a lot of parents, that's going to be confusing. It's like, am I asking permission to change this diaper? Not exactly. Mm -hmm. You're informing them that you need to change this diaper. You're not really asking them. You're just providing an explanation. You're making them part of the conversation, and you're involving them, and it's it's a nuanced difference. Yeah, you're not going to come up behind them while they're in the middle of something and then, like pull their pants down to check if they need a diaper change and then you know what I mean? You're going to tell them I'm going to check your diaper. I think it's I'm time going, to I'm change going you. To, yeah. I'm going to take off your shorts. Okay, I need to check your diaper. I need to check your diaper so I'm going to pull down your shorts. Uh-huh. There is a time that that's going to be really frustrating to them like when they're right in the middle of something mm-hmm. and being considerate and respecting that they are involved in their own world and their own experience and there is probably a moment of transition that it's easier for them to yeah. give up that control to you. This is how it's adapted to our family. And for us, it's working quite well. I've been very happy with the results. Um, honestly, I have to say, like, we take it much further. We do elimination do communication. We're doing a gender <laughs> open parenting style. Yeah. Like that today. is kind of next level and respectful parenting. Oh, I'm not going to assume your gender. Based on your <laughs> sex characteristics. Oh, yeah. No, that is that is not for me. me to decide. You tell me what you yeah, feel like. Yeah. I know. <laughs> now, the division of responsibility thing's been fun. The idea of not restricting foods is... Not something I'd planned to do before I became a parent. Food stuff is fascinating to me. We've been through a journey with it ourselves. Yeah. Not just baby, but yeah, my my whole perspective on all of that has been evolution. Yeah, very recently have we kind of discovered the... Um, assumptions. And it's the... always assumptions. Uh-huh, always. And we, bad, bad got, data. You get told a thing when you're 12 years old and you just really think that we know we know a thing and one in three children are gonna have diabetes because of obesity no no we don't only thing that i know Uh 
is that I and I know okay so the easy way that we say it is that we don't know anything. The only thing that I, I know, know is I don't know, know. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but that's not it's an oversimplification. We know things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I I really know is that I need to be constantly waiting for the better version of knowledge to hit me. Like there yes. we're knowledge is changing and we're figuring out a more true understanding of a bunch of different subjects. And Doc- we and we will be throughout my whole life. Don't cling to your to your current knowledge mm-hmm. too tightly. Be be well be ready to let it go mm-hmm. if something better comes along. <laughs> and I'm really grateful to have encountered fat activism. And Hell yeah. Ditching diet culture. Oh man. And I'm really grateful that I I mean I, we obviously learned division of responsibility kind of through gentle parenting which also also, sorry respectful parenting which also teaches that but then the non-restriction is the next step on that we're rambling we've been talking too long we'll talk about how my my baby gets chocolate every single freaking day because we might all get hit by an asteroid tomorrow and also they eat less chocolate that way and they don't they're not going to go over to the friend's house and eat the entire ream of Oreos because there aren't Oreos at our house. So funny when you think that you're running out of time and you only have this little bit of time to nutshell something that you actually nutshell it the way that you should all the time. Oh, I know. Honestly, <laughs> we should edit this down and basically every single podcast record an hour, play the last five minutes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it works out that way. I love you guys. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. That's all. All done. Hey, thank you for listening. Our intro outro music is by Moo. Follow us on social media and give us nice reviews. We love you. We love you.